Hello and welcome to another edition of St. Pete's on Repeat, the online sermon archive of St. Peter Lutheran Church in St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. A sermon was preached on October 31st, 2021, for the occasion of Reformation Sunday, and is based on the Old Testament lesson for the day, Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 to 28. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual, and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. And then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. I saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. This is the word of our Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, 500 years ago this year, in fact, in the year 1521, Martin Luther was summoned to stand before the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V and was ordered to renounce his belief that a person is saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Scripture alone. 1,500 years before that, the Apostle Paul stood on trial before Governor Felix and then Festus and ultimately before Caesar in Rome because he believed in and preached about Jesus. 500 years before that, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were called to stand before the king and face certain death if they continued to refuse to worship a false god. Believers of every generation 
have learned the truth that Jesus spoke in our gospel lesson for today. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. Now, the last thing I want to do today is to give us a martyr complex. We are not oppressed the way that the Apostle Paul and Martin Luther were. Our feet are not held to literal flames the way that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's were. Christians in Canada still have very many privileges that would be unheard of by believers of other generations and in other places of the world. But the point of Reformation Sunday is to recognize how important it is to stand firm on the solid foundation of God's holy word in the face of opposition. We're going to consider how we can do that today through the lens of Daniel chapter 3, as Daniel tells us about his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were already in hot water with Nebuchadnezzar. The king had erected a 90-foot-tall statue and had made a sweeping proclamation across his whole kingdom that insisted that everyone in the land was to bow down to his false god whenever certain music played. And if anyone didn't, they'd be mercilessly murdered in a fiery furnace whose flames had been pre-lit and were ready to consume anyone who dared disobey. Poor Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were in an impossible situation. Do they disobey God and save their lives but lose their souls? Or do they obey God but face certain and horrifically painful death at the hands of Nebuchadnezzar? What these three men say to their king in this impossible situation is nothing short of a miracle. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. How could Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be so bold to say such a thing to the king? It's because they knew the word of God. And when you think about it, that's no small thing. We're told in Daniel chapter 1 that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were young men, teenagers, when Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, invaded and conquered their homeland. In the middle of their most formative years, they were led as exiles across a vast desert to a foreign nation that would be their home for the next 70 years. But the fact that they knew God's word even then meant two things. First, it meant that their parents had been diligent in bringing their sons to the synagogue on the Sabbath to study the scriptures when they were young. Their parents couldn't have possibly known that the Babylonians would one day come and carry their children away. They were just faithful as a matter of principle. And that's a good thing, too, because of what did happen. Because the Babylonians did come, the temple was destroyed, their sons were 
carted across the desert like cattle to a, a godless land. And yet, despite all those adversities, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a solid foundation to stand on in Holy Scripture because of the effort their parents made when they were young. But the other reason they had such a solid foundation for their faith is that these three men didn't give up when the going got tough. They didn't leave their spirituality in Jerusalem. They took it with them. And despite a government that tried to forbid them from worshiping their God, they persisted in their faith. And they continued to grow in the grace and knowledge of God by studying God's word. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were able to be so bold because they knew the word of God. And in that word, they learned about a God who can save. They knew the stories of David and Goliath, the walls of Jericho, the ten plagues of Egypt, the worldwide flood. They knew all those stories from childhood. But the thing is, those weren't just stories. Those are the true history of God's power to save. Which is what enabled Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to say, the God we serve is able to deliver us from the blazing furnace because they had seen that power before on the pages of God's word. But here's where it gets especially miraculous. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew God had the power to save them. But they didn't have any promise that he would. And so the biggest miracle in this entire story is not their deliverance from the furnace. It's these six words. But even if he does not. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were willing to be true to God no matter what. Even if they had to burn because their faith wasn't based on the prospect of a positive outcome. They weren't willing to be true to God only when times were good or only when it was convenient for them. They were willing to be true to God no matter what it cost them. Life, limb, or liberty. They were willing to give everything for their God. And that kind of faith only comes from God. Like Jesus said in our gospel lesson, whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. It was God's Spirit at work in them that reminded them of the promise they did have. Not that they'd be saved from the flames, but that they'd be saved from sin and from the devil. And from the worst that this world could throw at them, they'd be safe in heaven forever after they left this world of pain behind, even if it meant that they'd have to burn to get there. They were willing to do all of that because of the faith God had worked in their hearts that rested on God's holy word. Of course, we know how that turned out. We read that a minute ago. God did save them. Their faith turned out not only to be well-founded, but fireproof because of the power and love of God that they learned in Holy Scripture. 
So what does that mean for you today, more than 2,000 years later and halfway around the world? It means a lot. It means that you can have that kind of fireproof faith too. And it's no mystery where that kind of faith comes from. It comes the same way it did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Just as it was important for their parents to take them to the synagogue on the Sabbath to study the scriptures, it's important for us to bring our children to church and Sunday school. There's a study that came out a couple years ago that shows that 71% of people who go to church today regularly attended church as a child. Whereas 78% of people who don't go to church today didn't attend church as a child. In other words, the habits we form for our children now directly impact their future relationship with God. So what are we willing to do for our children to give them a solid foundation to stand on? Are we content to leave it up to them, whether they feel like it or not on any given Sunday? Do you assume that someone else will step up to teach Sunday school or lead a youth group? God forbid. If that were the case, it would never happen. If we're waiting for another opportunity or for when the time is right, that time may never come. Instead, be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's parents. Take the opportunities while you have them. Encourage the other parents of the congregation. Be a friend to their children. Make it clear that we want them here, both with your words and by what you're willing to do for them. Bringing our children to God is so important so that they can have a foundation to stand on for the rest of their lives, no matter what the future holds. But as important as it is to start while we're young, it's just as important for us to persist in our faith, even when the circumstances aren't favorable. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't just exercise their faith when it was convenient or comfortable for them. They continued to worship their God diligently and exclusively, even in the face of severe opposition, because it meant that much to them. So be like them and prioritize your faith. If your parents brought you to church as a child, great. But don't let your faith stay in Sunday school. Foster it. Grow it through a commitment to God's word. Spend time in study with your church family here and in devotion at home. Prioritize your faith and don't let the world dictate what you bow down to. But above all, be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in this one way. Put that faith in the God who saves. You know, as I think about all the ways, all the things we, we can and should be doing, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm cut to the heart. I'm haunted by the things that I could be doing more for the kids of this congregation and our community. If you were in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's place, could you have been so faithful? Do you prioritize your faith the way that they did? Or have you let it slide to a back burner somewhere? 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego give us so much motivation and inspiration to be better. But if the story of the three men in the fiery furnace is just a fable, and the moral of the story is to inspire us to be faithful to God, then we miss the whole point. This is the true story about our God who delivers. He delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the furnace. He's delivered you and me from the flames of hell. He's delivered us from our sins, from our failures, from our guilt and shame. He's delivered us by sending his son, Jesus. God loved you so much that he was willing to send his son to certain death at the hands of a godless government so that you could live. God was so committed to you that he was willing to sacrifice his one and only son for your sins, not in a furnace, but on the cross, so that you could be forgiven. And what makes this story personal, now more than 2,000 years later, is that God still tells it. We may not be oppressed the way that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, but there is opposition. There is godless government. There are countless false gods we could bow down to. But the true God who delivers still speaks to you. He hasn't given up on you. He's given you his word. And through it, he gives you his spirit and, and a faith that is fireproof, a faith that can stand firm on the solid foundation of God's word, a faith that, by the power of the word, can see through the lies and deceits of the world. A faith that isn't based on the prospect of a positive outcome, but on the power and promises of our God that we read in his word. So don't get distracted. Don't let the world dictate what you bow down to. Foster your fireproof faith at all costs. Commit yourself to the lifelong study of God's holy word at all times, not just when it's convenient or comfortable for you. And finally, in the face of all the spiritual forces of evil trying to get you to abandon God and forget your faith, rejoice in the promise of Jesus. Everyone will hate you because of me, he says. Don't rejoice in that. Rejoice in this. He says, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. That's God's promise to you. And he has the power to see it through. Amen.